Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. I'm joined today by Sar Mana, the CEO and founder at Banjo Health. How are you today? Doing great. And Jared, so thank you so much for having me on today. Really excited to be here. I'm excited. This is uh we've been working on this for a little while. It's it's great to get you into the fold. And um, you know, I have my would you call this the close to banjo colors at all or am i am i off this is this was just behind Ooh. me you listen our, our main color is coral and then we've evolved from uh the black into like a steel gray but you're pretty close there on on what our colors are i must have something i must be partially colorblind because i interviewed one guy i think it was from movado or something uh modavo in in like denver and i'm like ooh, okay. denver broncos colored suit like orange. And he goes, no, this is coral. So I must have something where I think like orange and coral is like the exact same color. So my apologies. Um, anyway, (laughs) most people think that too. And, uh, it's, I think it's just the finicky founder who's like, no, 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 my Pantone is this. So it's not quite orange, right? Like you get really obsessed with your RGB colors. That is, yeah, that is not my RGB color. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, one of the coolest parts is when you're able to like, just memorize, you know, all the, like the different like color, like I remember all like the, the hex numbers for all of like the logo colors and everything. It's like, why do I know that? Um, anyway, well, let's, let's talk about you, uh, Sar, give us your background and then we'll go into talking a little bit about Banjo. Yeah, perfect. And thank you so much. So as you mentioned before, I'm Sarman. I'm the founder and CEO of Banjo Health. Uh, prior to starting Banjo Health, I was one of the first employees at a company called Arts Advance, which was a pharmacy benefit management company that uh, you know was startup at the time. It was very early and was focused on trying to solve the challenges of prior not trying to sorry, solve the challenges of the PBM industry through a really innovative claims processing solution. Uh, that company, my role there when I was brought in after being an investment banker was their original head of finance, started out really working on uh, their fundraising challenges, setting up their business development processes and client acquisition. Eventually, my role expanded into supporting on uh, the pharmaceutical manufacturer rebate contracting process. So we had a chance to negotiate with the likes of Pfizer, Eli Lilly, GSK, really any pharma company under the sun. I've negotiated with them and secured a contract. Uh, then I was also responsible for establishing their pharmacy network. So allowing patients or members to actually access those pharmacies that are in our network. So we were able to set up a network of about 65,000 pharmacies and a handful of specialty pharmacies just under three months. That was a great process of learning. And then I was also involved in their marketing and their sales efforts. So learned an entirely new industry uh, through that process, prior to that, like I said, investment banker, nothing to do with healthcare. And the closest I got to healthcare was dad was a doctor. Uh, sometime around 2018, uh, Arts had transacted to Centene in a secondary sale. So it was a, you know, a minority interest. And I had, uh, was asked to lead that diligence process. There was uh, three other health plans and PBMs taking a look at Arts Advance. What really uh, got me interested in prior authorization is actually that all of them had asked that same question. What are you guys doing differently? And by you guys, I mean, are you doing differently on prior auth? 
And at that point in time, it was nothing different. We were engaged or embedded inside EPA solutions like PubMeds, SureScripts, and Melody, or we were using the plain old fax machine, which is for some reason still huge in healthcare. I think the largest user of fax is still today. And where we ended up, uh, you know, where I ended up seeing that as a major pain point was post-transaction. Uh, you know, Centene had over 300 pharmacists doing manual review of prior authorization submission, the request. That was only for 50% of the volume at the time. The remaining 50% were being conducted by outsourced resources, like any of the other uh, independent review organizations. I said, by golly, this is not really the way we want to conduct prior authorization review for the fastest growing area in medicine and specialty medication. And certainly this means that, you know, your sickest patients, the ones most in need who are using these medications are having unnecessary delays to their care. And that is going to result in abandonment of treatment, complications in their uh, ongoing care and recovery. And so there's got to be a better way. And that led to the launch of Banjo Health. And great name, by the way. Um, your name always like, yeah, just wish- stuck out. Yeah, it's a, it's an awesome name. Uh, I can't take credit for it. The original name of the company was meant to be after a Roman god, uh, Janus, whose prior authorization is a gate, and Janus is the Roman god of gates. Uh, my wife proceeded to make fun of me. I blurted out Banjo Health just to be absurd, and that stuck. I love it. I love when people relate um, uh, back to the um, like the, the Greek gods. Yep. Oh, it's a, for me, it's easy, but apparently it was too dorky for my wife to at least let us sustain. And then she's got to have a hand in what happens. Hey, that's, you, you have to do it. For sure. So, um, you know, but you know, that was really my background. So with regards to Banjo and kind of what we're doing today. So Banjo Health, the way we've sort of positioned the company is that we're leveraging artificial intelligence, machine learning, and natural language processing to help support health plans, pharmacy benefit managers, and TPAs, third-party administrators of employee benefits to streamline the management and review of prior authorization requests. This works across procedures, imaging, labs, specialty medications, as well as also pharmacy medications that would be administered by the pharmacy benefit. Where we've seen our success and kind of where our products are at today and how we've employed this sort of approach and our strategy has been across two products. We have Banjo PA, and this is our prior authorization management platform. Essentially, what this means is it's all the way from intake of a prior authorization request from a prescriber's office, the review of the prior authorization, and then the actual decision and communication of that decision as well as the reporting of that for your either clients, as well as for the regulatory bodies that are regulating on prior authorization. The way it's differentiated is we've got an intelligent omni-channel intake. Really fancy way of saying is it doesn't matter how that prior authorization gets into the payer or the PBM or the TPA. It can be fax, telephonically, web portal, carrier pigeon. We're gonna figure out a way to actually get that intelligently in. If it's the carrier pigeon, we'll have to get a scanner involved, but that's a different challenge. Uh, once the submission request is in from the, either the fax form or the web portal, but in addition, if it requires that there are medical records that have to also be brought in, we will convert those into a machine-readable format. From there, that is when our automation and artificial intelligence really kicks into high gear. 
What is occurring is we are actually going to conduct a review of that prior authorization request. Our computer assisted review engine will actually walk through step by step on the medical record as well as the fact submission to see where the request actually meets and does not meet the policies of the specific payer or PBM that uh, are applicable for that particular PA request. This is conducting the review alongside the clinician inside the health plan or the PBM or the TPA and enables them to quickly see where it's being met or where the request is meeting the requirements or not meeting the requirements. This is important because oftentimes prescribing offices are now throwing a kitchen sink mentality. We don't know what we have to send, so we're going to send 400 pages of documentation to you. And really oftentimes as a health plan or PBM, you may be looking for a handful of key values or core values, and you're digging through a true haystack to find a needle. And uh, so what our you know, computer-assisted review engine they will do is really streamline that process and get you the exact information you need. Also, what we provide is a actual recommendation of approved denying request for information. Did the prior authorization request meet the requirements as set by you, the payer or PBM? Did it not? If it did not, why? So that way you can attach that to a clinical reason that can be communicated in your denial reason. And then on top of that, we have the request for information. This is the information we're missing. We couldn't tell if it was an approve or deny, but we can actually you know, say, this is the specific information we're requesting. But all of this is supercharged by one piece of technology that our team is really proud of that we built called Composer. Composer, what it does is it takes any clinical policy or guideline that is related to a prior authorization, as all prior authorizations have to be connected to a clinical guideline, uh, then you will be able to convert that into a decision tree on a first draft basis in roughly 10 seconds. From there, a clinician can edit that decision tree in a no-code environment, and that will allow them to actually enter this into the workflow system without the need for developer support. Now, Composer is, uh, in essence, a module that can actually be integrated into other PA management platforms or other workflow tools today. And we have developed a patent for that as well. But what is why is this really important is there's you know, close to 2 million prior authorization policies in practice today. It can take anywhere from five to 40 hours to operationalize a clinical policy. The fact that we're able to do it in under 10 seconds for the first draft and actually have the total time after the audits completed to be anywhere between one to two hours can represent a massive amount of savings for these payers and PBMs as they are trying to actually streamline their own clinical operations. Right? There's large manual staffs for that. So this is a huge saving from the reason why our innovation has been so meaningful and impactful and has implications for what we can do downstream for providers going forward. Um, so it's a really, really exciting company and we, we've built up a great dynamic for what we're able to provide today. Thank you for sharing. It sounds like someone's having, having fun over there, huh? It's my six month old baby. Sorry about that. <laughs> You're fine. Um, you're fine. <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, probably not for you. Um, I mean, she's lovely. I love her. So okay. It's great perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, can, can you talk us through, I know a topic our, our listeners would love to hear about is your perspective on, you know, give us a, you know, some insight into how you view the future of prior authorization. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's extremely timely. So just about two weeks ago, the House Ways and Means Committee passed an, uh, basically a bill 
called the Seniors Timely Access to Care Act. It has significant implications for how the expectations for payers, as well as providers in uh, the sort of use of prior authorization going forward on Medicare Part B prior authorizations. They are demanding the electronification of it, the timely review by payers, and the requirement for ease of submission of prior authorization and communication of clinical guidelines. This is a massive turning point in what is going to occur with prior authorization going forward, especially when you start to think about complex treatment areas such as specialty drugs, which may be administered under Part B or Part D. And typically, as requirements develop in Medicare, it will trickle down to Medicaid as well as the commercial benefit as well. So for the future of prior authorization, what we are looking at is a very significant electronification. To conduct this, payers are now having to review how are we going to easily communicate our guidelines? How are we going to ease that communication going forward? And how will we conduct timely reviews? This is a watershed moment now for how we're going to ensure that we're empowering timely access to appropriate care, which is the mission of Banjo Health and has been since the founding of our company. So the way we are looking at it is this is a very timely part for us to have actually initiated these solutions and we're actively communicating. Our results today with regards to our current clients actually lead us to believe that we will empower our other future clients and prospective clients to be able to meet this. And for that reason, we believe that prior authorization in the way that we've imagined it in the future of Banjo Health is that it will be eliminated as a point of friction and become a point of collaboration between payers and providers. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, it was it was something I was interested in hearing your thoughts on as well. I have two more things, and I know we're we're running up on uh, on time. So I guess quickly from your view, you you told me about an approach that you know choosing to work with payers instead of providers. Can you talk about that? And then as we wrap up, talk us through what's uh, what's next. Yeah, so that was um, really, uh, it's an interesting decision to have to make, especially in today's world of digital health. Most of your opportunities, as you're sort of looking at it, are going to be focused in on how can we get massive levels of traction very quickly. So oftentimes you'll make that decision of, we're going to focus on providers as one larger market, and two, you're going to look at these are the folks that have the greatest demand and ability to go and capture a market and actually generate investor interest. However, going on the payer side, this is where we believe the actual kernel of truth sits with regards to prior authorization, meaning that it's going to be the point where the prior authorization is actually initiated when the payer sets the policy up. And that's where we believe the critical step is in actually improving the prior authorization process. So we did basically a, a first or a fundamental first cause analysis and our first principle analysis. For us to really make a difference, we had to make the change at the first principle, and that started with the payer. And that's the reason why we chose that approach. With regards to what's next, we are actively working on uh, continuing to grow. We are uh, acquiring clients at a rapid click. And we imagine that you know, now that we've gained this intelligence at the payer side, and as there's regulatory as well as legislative pressure to drive this intelligence to the provider, we're going to work with our payer and PPM clients to put this intelligence at the provider's fingertip and drive that collaboration through the prior authorization process. I love it. I'm excited to have you come back on. I actually kind of want to do an episode that's only on prior authorization. We get a panel together with some people that touch the space. Would Obviously, one of the guests, including you. Let's do it. I'm do pumped. That. Looking forward um, to it, Jared. 
hey, we did it. We we finally did it. Thank you so much Look for your us. time and can't wait to have you back on.